Hello and welcome to that film studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. Welcome to our 270th episode, also known as our Valentine's Day special. You may be familiar with our Christmas special that we did in 2018. Who could forget our Halloween special from 2019? And last year in 2020, with all the horrible things happening, we brought you our disaster special. Love is in the air as Valentine's Day approaches. What a better time for that film stew to turn pink and crank up the romance. Much like our Christmas, Halloween and disaster specials, we'll resurrect some old segments and put a Valentine's spin on them. Throughout the episode, we'll talk about rom-coms, romance films, chick flicks and dramas with love as a central theme. And we'll even have some recommends, five each, of what we consider to be must-watch movies this Valentine's Day. Be warned, however, for any of the movies we discuss today, we may be talking spoilers. We've opened the Valentine's Day category up to anything related to love, romance, relationships, and all the laughs, drama, and conflicts in between. I'm just a boy on a Zoom call with another boy asking him to talk movies. <laughs> you had me uh, hello, and welcome to That Film Stew. <laughs> Luke, are you a fan of love? Are you a fan of movies about love? I should say. Well, my wife and I literally just had our 15-year anniversary. So maybe that's your answer. But movies about love, more so if they're funny. I'm more <laughs> so, of a rom-com guy. Right. A straight drama about relationship drama and issues and not so keen. I've seen them. Okay. I've seen them. Hey, I'll tell you now. My... Top five recommends does not include the notebook. Let me just put it out there. My wife suggested I include it. My response was I'd have to watch it first. So it's not in there. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover of most genres. Um, you know, there's not really a movie genre that I dislike. There's some I prefer more than others, but I'm happy to sit down and watch a drama, a romance film, a rom-com especially. Big sucker for the chick flicks. You'd think it would have gotten me more ladies back in the day, but it didn't. <laughs> but it's all good. Come on, we, all we've good. all seen Jerry Maguire. We've all seen romantic dramas. <laughs> that counts, right? <laughs> Does it? <laughs> of course it does. We literally just I referenced found... it. You had me at hello. Of course it counts. That's. I mean, yes, that's true. That's true. I, I got to admit, when when prepping for this show and coming up with movies to talk about, coming up with the recommends later, um, there was a handful I had, and then I had to kind of take them off the list because I was like, I just don't think they qualify enough as, you know, the Valentine's Day movies, movies... I mean, there's a relationship in the movie, but I'm like, is it the core focus? Is it enough? I found, I, was, I struggled. I struggled with this. <laughs> I mean, hey, you, you sent me a message, and for a moment, I thought you were going to include Toy Story 4. Hey, it's a great love story. It is. I'm not... I'm oh, not Woody, it. man. It's... I mean, Deadpool I just watched it the other day, just for fun. Is, um, his Deadpool uh, Valentine's movie it was released at Valentine's. This is getting into the whole debate of, you know, as a recent comparison is Die Hard, a Christmas movie. That whole thing. <laughs> you know, is a movie that was released intentionally at Valentine's Day, a Valentine's Day movie, 
or are we going to be focusing more on on romance? I'm going to say. Well, on that logic, on that logic, you could say any movie that's released at Christmas is a Christmas movie. It's not. It would at least have the, the, the Valentine's true. Day setting. <laughs> Valentine's Day setting. But um, it's not about the day specifically. It's about. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's about I the mean, love, the romance, yes. feels. It doesn't matter when it was released. It's. What does what the movie is about? But I've got to say, the fact that here we are, two blokes doing a Valentine's Day special for me personally, I find hilarious. Yeah, man, <laughs> have you got your beer? I, I do. Yes, no, I um, I do. I've got a couple that'll um, that'll Knocking see back some through. Heinekens. We've not mentioned... sponsored by them. <laughs> no, and um, yeah, I've not got Heinekens. I've got a different beer, but anyway. No, oh, that's why they won't sponsor us. Can't I need commit. to drink. I need to drink more. More Heineken. We've mentioned already in the opening, we've done disaster movies, we've done Halloween, we've done Christmas. It was only a matter of time. We turned our attention to Valentine's Day. And uh, we've talked about doing it for a while, on and off, almost in, like, as a joke. And, um, and here we are, <laughs> episode 270. Yeah. And, mate, you've, um, I mean, we've, that film shoot, we've gone pink. You've created a new logo. You can see it on our podcast artwork. I think it was our facebook profile pot, uh, picture for a while depending on when you're listening to this episode Hopefully. i'll do it i'll do it a couple <laughs> of days in advance as a tease to what's going on because when we're doing a review i always like to put up a teaser image just to let people know that we're doing a review of a particular movie and when it's going to be made available so with this i'll turn our logo pink and that will be the teaser now i've seen i've you know i'm, I'm privy to the to see and you've shown me the logo it's very it looks pink. surprising. It looks good. It looks yeah. good. My question yeah. to you, how many pinks did you sample? Just one. I went straight to pretty and pink. The ultimate pink. Right, okay. The right. <laughs> movie about love, pink. But that's where I'm going to go. So I, All right. Sounds so good. I used that shade of pink on our logo. Perfect. Hey, we might even keep it. Who knows? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's um, let's get into this episode where what we do we we take these these episodes these specials to just basically kick back. Uh, we have a bit of fun, um, play our little play our little games and stuff that we come up with. So Luke, I'll let you take the lead and um, bring us into your first little game that you've got for us. For my first segment, it's an old favourite. It's a tagline to a movie poster. And of course, these are all going to be, well, not necessarily Valentine's Day based, but romance based. So I'll give you the tagline. And then as clues, you can have maybe the year, the director, the stars. That will be up to you. But the tagline for my first movie, a cop, a waitress, a lottery ticket. Yes. For some reason, back in the day, I watched this movie a lot. It must have been on a lot. And I nearly told you the reason why is I like the actor, but I should wait until you ask for a clue. Um, so I can pick one of the clues? Is that how this works? If You know what? You can't have all the clues. You can pick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you've either got I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the year, I'm the director, pick. or the stars. I'm going to the stars. Okay. Nicolas Cage and Bridget Fonda. 
that did not help me at all. <laughs> On that, the year and the director wouldn't have helped me. Um, I mean, I don't think the director would help you. I mean, you don't seem to know what it is. So I'll tell I, you the year. Just I'm gonna, for uh, lucky numbers. 1994. I don't know. Lucky numbers. <laughs> is lucky numbers your answer? Like, what, what is happening right now? I, yeah, I got, I got nothing else. I got nothing I, else. I've never heard of that. Is that a thing? Lucky numbers. That's a movie. Okay, it's is obviously it? not that movie. Okay, no, it's not this one. When you say lucky numbers, I thought you were hope. Anyway, that's why I gave you the year. So this movie from 1994 is It Could Happen to You. Ooh. Very, very good movie. A police officer promises to share his lottery ticket with a waitress in lieu of a tip. He wins the lottery, split the winnings. Romance. Good movie. <laughs> it's a good one. Okay. Oh, we're off to a bad start. Well, this is the thing. I, um, <laughs> I didn't want to start too easy. So I thought I'd test you with that one. You're meant to start easy and work up. Okay, maybe I finished easier than, than I started. Okay, so the next movie, and I'm doing five of these, by the way. Sure, I'm not sure, sure if I mentioned that. I'm doing five. That's okay. A new comedy that proves there's more to attraction than meets the eye. Yes. Damn, this is hard, isn't it? This is hard. I'm going to go the year with this one. I'm glad because the stars would just give it away. Okay, I'm <laughs> going to go with the stars. Too late. <laughs> the year, 1999. Ah, there's, okay, so there's, there's, more to a, there's more to attraction than meets the eye. More to attraction than... I don't know when this came out. Fatal attraction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Starving. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr., Rachel Lee Cook, Paul Walker, and Matthew Lillard. It's of course she's all that. Oh shit! <laughs> if you're unfamiliar, like Jason, a high school jock makes a bet that he can turn an unattractive girl into the school's prom queen. Great movie! It's it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. You say that ah uh. when I was. <laughs> prepping my top five and I can tell you now that this was one of the first movies I thought of to be included in my top five and I'll say this also my approach to the top five outside of the number one spot they're movies that I decided that I wanted to revisit I think that's what I usually do whenever we that's do what you do yeah it's not my definitive top five yeah although number one is is number one but this was one of the first films I thought of she's all that I went out and I bought it I managed about the first 10 minutes, turned it off the following day, donated it to charity. I didn't even want it in the house anymore. Can't do it. I think I might be too old. No, it's, it's, nope. it's been a couple of years since I've watched it. No, it's still a cute movie. Not for me. It's, I, just, I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And it actually made me concerned about a later pick within my top five. Turns out that I didn't need to be worried. But yeah, she's, <laughs> she's all that. I mean, 99... That was my second to last year of high school. So it came out for me at the right time. But going back and watching it now, I just couldn't get into it. And we all know the story, maybe it's just too familiar. But I just, again, I tried to watch it. It's like 90 minutes. I had 80 minutes left and thought, nope, 
going to stop what it. What you were doing, you were watching it and then you were like, oh man, not another teen movie. I'm just, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted to include that actually, but it's been a while since I've watched that as well. <laughs> well that way I could just capture all the teen movies in a spoof. Well, that's it, all inspiration okay. as well. I'm not going to do this for every one of the five, by the way, because otherwise we'll be I was going to say, I was like, are we going to... Okay, moving on. (laughs) Number three, because you are doing terribly. The tagline is, can the most famous film star in the world fall for the man on the street? What are these taglines, eh? What, like, uh, ah. Go the stars then. Oh, I was just going to say, like, there's there's uh, there's a clue to ask for, and it's just going to give you the movie. <laughs> Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts. Oh, this uh, this uh, Notting Hill. Yes, correct. I <laughs> honestly thought you just weren't going to get it, and then I was oh, sort of thinking, yeah, no, Hugh Grant has made a lot of. Romantic comedies. Yeah, but I was like, which one is with Julia Roberts, of course? And then I was thinking, like, Runaway Bride, and I'm like, no, no, that's bloody... that's and, Some yeah. other person. I mean, outside yeah, like, of Four Weddings and Richard, a Funeral, this is probably Hugh Grant's best of the era. And this is another one that was written by Richard Curtis. It's definitely, definitely up there. Number two. Behind every great love story... Is a great story. Whoever writes these for these posters, <laughs> like they're just so generic. They're, they're just not specific. Oh no, all. the no. last one, Notting Hill, that was very specific. A okay, famous yeah, film star, Man on the Street. Yeah. That was very specific. That's one I film. Was, I was thinking but okay, like but we moved on there or something. Anyway, number two. Uh, give me the stars then I guess that's the easiest way out Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams ah well this is The Notebook a film I haven't seen but yes it came out in 2004 and my wife is a big fan of this movie it's a beautiful movie very sad I've seen bits of something about uh, I'm a bird you're a bird everyone's a bird I walked in on that line something or other (laughs) Something about being a bird. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're a bird, it's ramblings a bird. of a man. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And number one, so this is my final tagline. Oh, thank God. <laughs> she didn't believe in angels until she fell in love with one. City of Angels. Well done. I just <laughs> thought... Start with Cage, end with Cage. This is, of course, ah. City of Angels from 1998, <laughs> starring Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. If you're unfamiliar with the movie, an angel on Earth, a doctor unable to believe, a patient with a secret, a love story made in heaven. If you've not seen this film, though, disclaimer, tragic. This is like a really, <laughs> really sad movie. It's actually on Netflix and I've added it to my list. I might rewatch it. I used to watch this movie. I've seen it a couple of times. I think I've got like a Nick Cage like drama box set or something with like three movies on it. I think it's like City of Angels and like two other things that he's done. I mean, that's right. Yep. <laughs> Nick Cage box set. <laughs> but that's it. That's my first uh, first segment. And taglines to movie posters. I know you were going to do this as a segment and thought it was too difficult. So I've shown you how you could have done it. 
Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. You think, and at least I tried, like, you think I would have came across these ones and be like, I'm going to remember these. I did worry about that, to be honest. I'm thinking I'm prepping for a segment you've researched. But there we go. Nah, it didn't help. <laughs> well, All right, clearly. let me let me. What let was, me sorry, what was that? It. Two out of five? Did you get two? Ah, uh, someone. Think got two. Like Notting that, Hill, yeah. City of Angels. Yeah, no good. Um, and I feel like I should have prepped uh, like a brief synopsis for these synopsis for the, I don't know the res- the answers that you get. But anyway, I'll go on to my segment, which I haven't pre- prepared plot outlines for. Um, I'm reverting back to the superhero comic book character cast quiz Um, because what I was finding with a lot of these rom-coms and romance movies is that, yeah, I can utilise the the comic book characters again. We know how this works. You know how it works anyway, so I won't won't explain it too much. Basically, you've got a cast. I'm going to list off characters that have essentially played elsewhere in a comic book film or TV show or something. Um, all right, first movie. We've got Gwen Stacy. We've got Aunt May, Poppy Adams, Sebastian Shaw, and Felonius Grew. All I'm thinking. Oh, can I get the? Do I get any clues with this? Um, yeah, you can have the year or the director. Okay, I'll take, all written down. I'll take the director. That won't help you, are you sure? Yes, I'm the director. Okay. Um, two directors, Glenn Ficarra and John Require. Yeah, that didn't help. Okay, give me the, <laughs> give me the actors again. Gwen Stacy, Aunt May, Poppy Adams, Sebastian Shaw, and Felonius Grew. So the only one I can be definitive about is Sebastian Stan. Which might actually be incorrect. I think I've fumbled that one though. It's hard because there's been two Gwen Stacy's, Emma Stone and Bryce Dallas Howard. Right, yep. Aunt May. There's been a couple there, but you're probably not talking about Tobey Maguire's Aunt May. So I'm thinking (laughs) it's got to be the actress with the black hair. Okay. Um... Right, uh, right, romance movie. Is it too late to get the year? This is quite hard. I'll give it to you. 2011. 2011. Oh, I, I don't know. Is, is Mamma Mia a romantic movie? Oh, yes. Well, are any of those actors in that? Though? Yeah. <laughs> that would be uh, the next thing. So we're looking at... You know, my first thought from the beginning... And I know it's not that. That's why I was curious about the director. I don't think it's a romantic. If movie. I give you the, if I give you the actual actors, I'll see if you can get it before I give the answer. So okay. Emma Stone, yes, Marissa Tomei, yeah, Julianne Moore, Kevin right. Bacon, Steve Carell. Right. Ah, oh, Steve Carell. He's an interesting one. Chucking him in there. See, it nearly took me to. Was it Crazy Stupid Love? Well, that's got Ryan Gosling in it. I think. Yeah, but he hasn't played a superhero or comic book character, so That's he's not on this list. Crazy stupid love would be <laughs> Well, that answer. is correct. You don't get a point. But, um, is that because that I had is, all the clues on some? He had all the clues and I essentially okay. broke the foundation of the game apart. To give... I did anyway, say the title on. of the film first, but okay. <laughs> Mysterio, Catwoman, and the Blue Raja. 
the blue raja so that is oh, i'm just forgetting everybody that's a poo from the simpsons that's good <laughs> <laughs> um his name is he's got black hair also Catwoman, okay, so Anne Hathaway. And who did you say first? Mysterio. Mysterio. So is there a romantic movie with Ian McKellen and Anne Hathaway, or is it Michael? Oh, Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm thinking of Magneto. Okay, I'm doing terrible, by the way. A romantic movie with Ian McKellen and Anne Hathaway. (laughs) That's a weird movie. Mysterio, Anne Hathaway, Jake Gyllenhaal, and... A poo from the Simpsons. Oh, this, <laughs> this is quite hard. This is quite hard. Um, yes. Okay. So Jake Gyllenhaal, what has he done with Anne Hathaway? Can you give me the director on this? Edward Zwick. I, I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I honestly can't think. We're going to need a timer, I think. People yeah, are... I think we do, yeah. I don't People think gonna Jake Gyllenhaal's in The Princess Diaries. I, I don't know. I've got no answer. Love and Other Drugs. Oh, the 2010 it. film starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Hathaway and the poo from The Simpsons. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Hank Azaria. Oh, sorry, Hank. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, uh, let's move Dude, on. Sorry. This, this is hard. Get out this laughing <laughs> All oh, right, the next one's a big one. Oh, good. Cast-wise, not in the movie. Um, Electra, Abigail Whistler, Rocket Raccoon, Catwoman, Invisible Woman, Venom, and Electro. Ooh, Venom. Oh, Topher Grace. Is this Valentine's Day? Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was me clapping. Okay, good. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> the yeah, Valentine's Day, the, uh, the 2000, 2010 ensemble cast film directed by Gary Marshall. Um, I think there's only a handful of all these ensemble films that are good. One of them is Love Actually, and another one I'll mention maybe a bit later. <laughs> yeah, there aren't many of them. I've, I've not, that's another Richard Curtis movie. I've not seen that in quite some time. I thought about it. Christmas. Every Christmas, man. What are you doing? I oh, thought yeah. about it. Just for Bill Nighy, Christmas is all <laughs> around you. <laughs> it's great. It's good. And Chris Marshall right. is the Brit that wants to go abroad and pull because he's got a British accent and it works. <laughs> anyway. All right. This next one, think a little bit outside of the, uh, the rom-com romance box. Right. All right. We've got Robin. Huntress. Captain America. Superman and Captain Marvel. Oh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yay! 2010 again. Yes. Um, Edgar Wright behind this. You know what? One of the one of the biggest romance movies out. It's all about love. It's all about fighting for love. I love it. It's great. I've Probably. only I've only seen it once, and I did really like it, and that was at the movies. I've never seen it since. Hmm. I think I'll revisit. I'll I'll um I'll oh, revisit. It. Revisit. You didn't right, think I was going to get that, did you? You really didn't think well, I'd get I don't it. Know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, last one here. Okay. Uh, Tina Carlisle, 
You know who that is? What, as a superhero? No, well, a comic book. A comic character named Tina Carlyle. You've made her yeah. up. <laughs> Hangs out with a guy with a green face. Um, Stacy Pilgrim. <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, okay, I'm so Tina about Carlyle. The mask. I'm talking about the mask. From the mask. Oh. Stacy Pilgrim. Deathstroke. Betty Brandt. And The Deep. Ah, right. So Betty Brandt is Elizabeth Banks. Take me back to the beginning again. Who was the first one? Do it again. Tina Carlisle. Cameron Diaz. Stacey Pilgrim. Right. Deathstroke. That's the guy I can't say. Joe Mantiario. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> can never do it. I can never do you got it. Betty Brandt and the yep. Deep. And the Deep. Is that you talking about the guy from The Boys? Yeah. The deep. I don't know his name. Okay. I don't know anything <laughs> he's done outside of The Boys. Right. So well, apparently what I did to work movie. with is Joe. You know the one. <laughs> yeah. Cameron Diaz. Okay. So what has Cameron Diaz done with Elizabeth Banks? And Joe Manganiello. <laughs> that scene. I ah, oh, I can't even I can't even think. So do you know what? I'm gonna have a complete shot in the dark and I'm just gonna say the sweetest thing. <laughs> I don't, do I, don't what? <laughs> I ran through these with the wife before yeah, yeah. we recorded. And when we got to this one, she also said the sweetest thing. But that's You're both incorrect. But that's <laughs> That is Cameron Diaz, isn't it? But is it Linda? I think she's. Is it Linda Blair? I think she's in there. Maybe Christine Applegate. Yeah, Applegate. Yeah. Okay. Um, but... What I'm talking about is the 2012 Kirk Jones movie. What to expect when you're expecting? Ah, uh, there you go. How how odd that your wife and I both had the wrong, the same wrong answer. There we go. You both just went Cameron Diaz in a movie. <laughs> yeah, she's done others. But yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. That was great. I um. Oh, I'll rest. That was pretty <laughs> terrible. So. <laughs> yeah, I, my my takeaway from that is I know nothing. But thank you for that. Oh, that's all right. We we both had pretty shocking rounds. You know the my my next segment. I'm just looking at my first one, and I've got five again, and it is so easy. It is ridiculous. All right, and I'm annoyed with myself now because you you've been quite difficult. You know, before you said well, it think... started easier. I've definitely I think my second, my second game for you is pretty easy. So maybe we should have flipped these around, but it doesn't, whatever. Maybe, but you know, so I'm going to go with match the quote to the romantic movie. And again, oh, I'll okay. be doing five in total. And I think this is going to be potentially the quickest round <laughs> of the whole show. Are you ready? Sometimes, sometimes I know the quote. Oh, I mate, just don't no, necessarily no, no. know I... the movie that they're from. I should not have had this as one of my questions for you. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Ah, uh, well, that's... I've got to pause before I just spit something out because sometimes I'm wrong. Dirty Dancing. Of course, the classic movie about right. abortion. The next one. Again, these aren't getting any harder, I don't think. Okay. You complete me. Which is a weird thing to say to you as, 
<laughs> as I look into your eyes, but yes. As you are. Um, <laughs> see, the thing is, like, I'm, I'm familiar with this quote. But what movie is it actually from? Are you for real? No, yeah, what movie? Is I thought this actually? was another Dirty Dancing. Easy. Is it, is it of the, do I get clues? Other clues? Um, I mean, I, I mean, you can, but I didn't prep any because it's really easy. But okay, I, yeah, okay, what, what do you want as a clue? Oh, just give me the year, I suppose. Yep, nope, can't remember. It's not part no, of my right. prep. What prep did you, okay, <laughs> well, what, what clue did you give me? Okay, uh, Tom Cruise. I, I, is it Jerry Maguire? Yeah, it is. And that okay. is why there's no, there, there weren't any clues because it's clearly <laughs> Jerry Maguire. We were even talking about Jerry Maguire in the opening. There well, you go. You complete me is from Jerry Maguire. The next one, this is a longer one, okay? And if you need a clue, I've got the director and the stars, I've not got the year. When you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. So I can give you the director, I can give you the stars. The stars. Admittedly, the stars is going to give you the movie. Okay. You sure you don't want the director? Well, no, I want you to give me the movies. <laughs> give me the Honestly, stuff. if you want the director, just so we can have... Okay, okay. You clearly want to wrap up this segment. <laughs> the stars... I'm, okay, I, I apologize. Well, give me... I'm blanking. I'm blanking on the stars. Oh, my God. Okay, the first one, why has he gone from ahead? Meg Ryan is in this movie with Billy Crystal. There he is. Ah, Harry Mattel. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to... I can only accept the full title. When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally. I'm... <laughs> nah, you got it. It is, yeah. I'm going to flip the... <laughs> yep, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, number two. I like you very much, just as you are. Oh, thanks, man. Yep, drawing blanks. Uh... Yeah, whatever clues you want to throw at me, I'll, I'll take them. I'll take them. Okay, so as a clue for this movie, <laughs> Hugh Grant, there he is again. Do you need more? Oh, is that it? <laughs> Colin Firth. It's just him. Oh, Bridget Jones's Diary. Ah, there you go. There yeah, you go. I was trying not to um, tell you Bridget Jones because a, a bit of a giveaway there. Okay. I've, I've, I've watched that movie the one time and I never went back. It's, it's fun for what it is. I, I, yeah. I get the appeal, but uh, no, I've, I've never gone back. The final one, as you wish. Would you like the quote again? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Please. With, with, uh, with gravitas this time. As you wish. <laughs> That's kind of the delivery of the actor. I'm going to tell you the director on this one. Sure. And then I'll tell you an actor. The director is Rob Reiner. Yes. If you need an actor... I do. He's not, not a main character, but Billy okay. Crystal is also in this movie. 
I can give you more actors. America's sweetheart. No, oh, this this no. could have given it away. I was going to tell you oh. that Fred Savage is also in this movie. Of course, I'm talking about the Princess Bride. Ah, as you wish. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So there oh, we go. Yeah, fair there enough. There we go. Fred Savage is also in this movie. He is. He plays the boy. He is in the I granddad. Mean, I mean, yes. No, I mean, yes. He's he's in the movie. I mean, I started with Dirty Dancing. I felt as though I needed to make it a little bit more difficult for you as I went along. You did progress. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. I did really bad then, and I'm, I'm quite ashamed. I'm quite ashamed. But that's, that's You've got okay. Jane McGuire, right. and you've got Dirty Dancing. Oh, no, you got When Harry Met Sally. And you got Bridget Jones. No, you got four out of five. That's fine. That's oh, I think, yeah. I'd be happy with I that. Feel like, I feel like I should have gotten them with the quote. I feel like the... the, the the clues are a cheat. All right. My last segment here. My last game for you. Problematic plot line. Essentially, this is a cross between describe a movie badly, but at the same time, I'm also highlighting the fact that these romantic movies, man, the plot lines are... The plot lines are usually pretty problematic. There's, there's an issue to them. So... Embrace and uh, enjoy the ride. The first one I've got here. A man and a woman fail to prove that a man and a woman can be friends. Oh, okay. feel like you're overthinking it. You're overthinking it. One more time. A man and a woman fail to prove that a man and a woman can be friends. Right. Oh, I'm drawing. I'm drawing a blank. I keep thinking of no strings attached. Ashton Kutcher and is it Anne Hathaway? But the look on your face is clearly not that. Okay, so man and woman fail. I suppose it could be. I mean, it's a storyline that is. Do I get uh, any clues? After yeah, I, I can give you. That's wrong. Would you like the year or the or the director? I uh, give you the director. Rob Rayner. Oh, Rainer. Is it when Harry met Sally? It is. Ah. I mean, I'm thinking it can't be that because we've had that already, but you obviously didn't know I was going to have that. Okay, good. <laughs> well, see, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> going to eliminate that. As... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's our first double up, though. There we go. Well, so far, yeah. Yeah. Needed to be mentioned. As long as Harry met Sally's not on your recommend list, is it? You just have to wait and see. Okay. All right. Next one up. Uh, Problematic plotline. A woman is completely forgiven for destroying a wedding and putting an entire family through hell for an entire weekend. Ooh, a romantic film about a wedding. The director? PJ Hogan. Oh, that guy. Is is the director the only... (laughs) The only clue that I can have. I can give you the year. Oh, I don't think it's going to help. Okay, I'll take the year, and then I'll need the description again. 1997. Right. Runaway Bride. No. Is that what you want to log in? Yeah. Well, you said no, because I kind of have to lock it in. Because... (laughs) Yeah, okay. My Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, Julia Roberts still. 
it was still yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh damn. Yeah. Okay. Problematic plotline. A man terrorizes and manipulates women by reading their minds. What women want? Oh, there we go. The 2000 film directed by Nancy Myers. And then years later, oh. they cleverly did a remake, What Men Want. <laughs> Flip uh, the, not the same without Not the same without Mel Gibson, eh? No, of course not. Mm. All right, problematic plotline. A teacher... You have to listen carefully to this one. It's pretty Can convoluted. I just say... I really like the fact that you keep announcing the segment title ahead of each one. Well, I feel like Good. the alternative would be I read, I read the statement and then we have like a, oh, like a zing. Do we? Are you doing it? It works. It's good. <laughs> Problematic plotline. A teacher has a romantic relationship with a student. The student is secretly an adult woman who takes a teenage boy to prom. Never been kissed. You're a big girl. Yes, correct. <laughs> Watch it at the movies. <laughs> Back in 1999. Yeah, man, I did. You know, who are these directors, eh? I don't know. Directed that... by Raja Gosnell. Like, who are these people? Never heard of them. Well, I, like, I clearly have because I've seen this movie, but it's not staying with me. <laughs> but this movie almost made my five because I fancied a rewatch it and it's on Disney Plus. So I was so close. To giving it a rewatch, <laughs> but when I get to our top five, I'll tell you why I didn't. Because it's a creepy movie about Drew Barrymore pretending to be a teenager who she's dates a the teacher. List. She was oh, on the cover. But... It's okay. What is this? Twenty One Jump Street. And it's been Jeez. a long time since I've seen it, <laughs> but from memory, she was helping the other kid out. She wasn't actually having feelings for the kid. She was trying. Yeah, anyway, no. Let's let's keep doing your thing. <laughs> Problematic plotline. It is good, isn't it? It is. A man, a man takes his young son to meet a potential catfish in New York City, the catfish of which has previously displayed stalker-like behaviour. God, this sounds more like a thriller. Okay, let's, um, let's do it one more time. A man takes his young son to meet a potential catfish in New York City the catfish of which has previously displayed stalker-like behaviour. Wow. Who's the, um, who's the director? Nora Ephron. Oh, okay. Ah, she's on quite a few. Um, can you give me any other clues? 1993. Oh, wow. That's, that's, um, that's going back a few years. I, Nora Ephron. No, don't know this one. Sleepless in Seattle. Ah, there you go. Tom Hanks, and Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan is very stalkerish in this yeah. movie. Do you know yeah. what? Never seen it. Oh, for real? Never seen it. That's messed So I up. didn't get excited by most years later when they reunited for You've Got Mail. Oh, missed right. out on all of that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right, and the last one of a problematic plotline. A man manipulates a mentally impaired woman on a daily basis. Ah, 51st Dates, Drew Barrymore easy one. again. Yeah, Adam Sandler, nicely done, nice and easy. Peter Seagal directed that film. Yeah. Okay, good. 
Yeah. I think I did I get two? I think I got two. Maybe being kissed. And fifty first dates, yeah. Is that it? Or oh you what women want? You got three. Oh there we go. And did you do five? I did five or six or something. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to work out my score, that's all. It's not important. I'm just curious <laughs> about where, where no one's keeping track, right? <laughs> Hopefully the players at home are getting it straight away and yelling at it. Uh, yeah. It's always easier though when you're listening in, whether it's a podcast or TV, when you can just sit there and just shout the answers. It's easier when you're not yeah. on the spot. Sounds like someone who's on the spot. Sounds like something they would say. Let's get into our recommends, shall we? We'll alternate, eh, and just do one each at a time. I think that's, that's yeah, that's the best way. Yeah, alternate. That's the definition of alternate, yeah. One person <laughs> talks and the other person just listens throughout the whole list and vice versa. So, yeah, I think we pretty much alternate every time we do one of these things. Yeah. We debate it each time or try and agree <laughs> on the best way to approach it. And it's I always just hope that we don't, we don't double up. All right, do you, look, do you want to start us off with your first uh, recommend? Okay, I'll remind you of what I said earlier. I think it's been an hour. I'm not sure how much time has passed, but a lot of time has passed. <laughs> oh, it felt like forever. <laughs> okay, so with my <laughs> five, four of them are ones that I fancied or generally wanted to rewatch, whereas number one is my absolute number one, just to be clear. So my number five is a film I did first see in cinemas, and it's because I was a big fan of Kevin James. Of course, I'm talking about Hitch, also starring Will Smith. <laughs> the Kevin <laughs> James film, also starring Will Smith. I've got to be honest, upon this rewatch... As the title character. <laughs> upon this rewatch, Kevin James was in it less than I remembered, but it's the best thing about this movie. He is so funny in this film. You've seen Hitch? I'll take it you've seen Hitch. I have. I've seen Hitch, yeah. If anyone out there is unfamiliar with Hitch, despite helping several men woo women with his magical formula, Alex Hitchens, a professional date doctor, finds it difficult to strike a conversation with Sarah, a gossip columnist. That's the story of the movie. I didn't mention... Kevin James is a character in there, but honestly, he is, he's the reason to watch this movie. What I was curious about with all my recommends is, I mean, I've watched them because I clearly, I really like them or want to watch them again. But for the first time, I've looked at how successful these movies actually were. And just as a bit of a, a barometer or what I look to, to see how successful they were, the go-to is Rotten Tomatoes. I went there just to see percentage-wise where it was sitting. 69% for this movie. If we're looking at box office, 371.6 million. It's worldwide, is it? Worldwide. Hey, romantic comedies, romantic dramas, romantic yeah. whatever. Bringing in <laughs> that kind of movie is always a good thing. It proves that the movie financially at least, was a success. And interestingly, with Hitch, it is Will Smith's first romantic role. Um, my takeaway from everything you've said, I don't remember Will Smith's character, his surname being, is it Hitchens? 
Hitchens. That's where I don't, Hitch comes Hitch, from. That's yeah. the, um, so his name is. I don't, I, I don't recall that detail. I'm sure they mention it in the movie. If uh, I can yeah. remind you of a particular gag, and it's the one that was in all the trailers, but it still works when you see it in the movie. You've got the steps to the building, and Will Smith's character, Hitchens, is asking Kevin James's character, Blank. I don't have his character name, but he's asking his character. <laughs> okay, so this is how you kiss a woman. So you lean in 90% and then she will make up the 10%. But the joke is that Kevin James is a bit you. carried yeah. away and he leans all the way in and kisses Will Smith on the lips. Ha, 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 ha. Back in 2005, hilarious. Still funny today. It's a, <laughs> it's a good guy. But honestly, like we're getting a really funny, sincere performance out of Kevin James and it's honestly I'm kicking myself for not writing down his character's name I'm thinking Doug but that's King of Queens it's not Doug you know it's it's probably Kevin it's not that either are you sure (laughs) and Eva Mendes she's in this film because the movie really is about Will Smith's character and Eva Mendes but then you've got this side story going along with Kevin James and Amber, the letter. And for me, that's the better story. Amazing. Amazing. Number five. All right, no. <laughs> All right, I'll start off with um, elongated backstory as to why I've got this <laughs> So, uh, look, you were at my wedding. We're talking about love. Oh, Let's yes, about I was. Love. Thank yeah, you, you for the invite, yeah. No worries. Cool. Thanks for leaving early. Um, <laughs> you hey, missed a bit. I've got kids. Yeah, that, well, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so at my wedding, I think I mentioned this probably on the podcast multiple times, um, me, and the, me and the wife-to-be sort of thing, we picked certain elements of our lives that we really loved and imp- like incorporated them in the wedding in sort of some subtle, some not-so-subtle ways. Um, and this movie, um, I pinched a thing from it, um, a song from it, and I embarrassingly sung in front of everyone. Luckily, Luke, you had um, headed home to tend to your kids during this moment, so all good. So you missed it. Um, the movie I'm talking late? about is... Sorry, is it too late to ask for an encore? Can you do it here? Uh, yeah. the... <laughs> I, 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 I won't. I okay. won't. Um, the movie I'm talking about is The Wedding Singer. Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, Christine Taylor, Matthew Glaive. This 1998 film directed by Frank Karachi. There's a song at the end that Adam Sandler sings to Drew Barrymore. Uh, what, what's actually called Grow Old With You? I Want to yeah, Grow Old With You? Yeah, it, it brings it back as part of his recent stand-up special. Like I grew... 100% fresh. Uh, grow Old With I You. Grew, yeah. I Grew Old I With You. I Want to Grow Old like, With yeah. You. Yeah, on the plane. Yeah, and the, the, his newer version was... I think it was just I Grew Old With You, I think, or something. Addressing the fans. Okay, I, I didn't mean to side track it. <laughs> Let's go back to the plane. Wedding singer. I want to grow old with you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, magical moment. We're talking love. I needed to incorporate a uh, an Adam Sandler movie in here because you know what? All of his silly, goofy comedies, the ones that I like the most surprisingly are his, when he has that romantic flair to him, the sincere stuff to it. And this movie, you, you get that between him and Drew Barrymore. You get the 80s setting, you get all the 80s references, the music, the costumes. It's all fun. It's so funny. I love it. Movie is very dear 
to my heart. If you aren't familiar, I know you're very familiar, but if, uh, if you're not, said in 1985, Robbie Hart, of course, Sandler, is a nice guy with a broken heart who's stuck in one of the most romantic jobs in the world. He's a wedding singer. He loses all hope when he is abandoned at the altar by his fiance. He meets a young woman named Julia, played by Drew Barrymore, who enlists his help to plan her wedding. He falls in love with her and must win her over before she gets married and becomes Julia Gulia. Brilliant. <laughs> Such a good name. You know, okay, sharing wedding stories. So my wife and I, we got married not long after you and your wife. And we really wanted to have as our first dance the Dan Band, Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> because it is incredible but we thought that maybe there'd be members of the audience or wedding party that would get offended maybe some older members of the family so we decided <laughs> not to use that song and we should have we should have had that song as our first dance Aww. i will live with that regret for the rest of my life uh, do you know what 10 year wedding anniversary is to make it right yeah and again once again sorry i couldn't come to your wedding I was on my freaking honeymoon when you scheduled it in. Um, do you have any stats for the wedding singer? Um, no, I didn't know we were doing that. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll just have a guess. Rotten Tomatoes, 69%. Box office, 123.3 million. Okay, so moving on, and I will do, <laughs> I will do my number four. Wait, so were both those bits of information just made up? I just know the movie very well. No, they are. Oh. I know the movie very well. I'm a fan <laughs> of that film. And Adam Sandler, as everybody listening, including you, Jason, know very well. Very well. Adam <laughs> Sandler makes a movie. I'm there. So my number four is not a movie starring Adam Sandler. It's a little Kevin movie <laughs> from 1998. There's something about Mary. Oh, Directed by Peter Farley and Bobby Farley. It stars Cameron Diaz as the title character with Ben Stiller, Matt Dillon, Lee Evans and Chris Elliott all playing men who are in love with Mary and vying for her affections. This is a movie that I have seen so many times. I honestly <laughs> thought I wouldn't need to do a rewatch for this because I've seen it that many times and I know it so well. But I thought... I'll do it. I'll watch it again. It's been a while. It is fantastic. It still holds <laughs> up. It's still as funny as ever. And, and I've got a story that goes with this. So back when this movie was released in cinemas, the town where I grew up, we have two cinemas. And me and a mate went to the first one. I asked, one ticket for there's something about Mary. And the guy said, have you got any ID? And I did. But the idea would show that I'm 14 and you need to be 15 to watch the movie. Nate and I, we went to the second cinema. We got in. It was a great feeling. So already it was that <laughs> feeling of like we're doing something with, with that we shouldn't really be doing. And for that very first moment, watching it on the big screen and many times thereafter, it's a fantastic movie. It's got loads of gags, but it's a movie that's also got a lot of heart and it's, it's a great time. Looking at Rotten Tomatoes, 
83%. So this one's scoring pretty high. At box office, 369 million. So another one that did very well with critics and audiences. This is a great, great movie. It is. I do you know the the first I remember the first few times I watched this. It was on TV, but I think I was still like like ten years old, ten, eleven or something like that. And I was always always remembering like I was way too young for this movie. <laughs> Majority of the jokes went over my head, especially like the iconic Cameron Diaz with the with the spoof in her hair. <laughs> I don't know. Like went over my head as a kid, but like, like that movie is crude. There's yeah the the immaturity level of that movie is like through it's, the roof. Ah, oh, but it's man, fantastic. yeah, and it's it still great. plays so well today. <laughs> Frank and Beans, it's so it's so funny. Honestly, like I I generally miss this Ben Stiller. Yeah, I really do, because he's still putting out good content, but he's really good at this, and not just you know, crude romantic comedies, but it went through a period. They were just having hit after hit. And it's great seeing Ben Stiller on screen, but he's he's obviously, you know, made different choices and moved away from this style of film. But going back and seeing him in this, he's really great at it. He's great at being that guy, whether it's uh, there's something about Mary, the Meet the Parents franchise. He's so good at doing that. Maybe he'll come back one day. But this movie, though, I had to put it down as one of my five. Fair enough. All right, my next uh, my next choice is what I refer to as my ultimate chick flick. Um, yeah, I really I really love this movie, and I'm not ashamed to say it. How to lose a guy in ten days? Oh, that's Simon Pegg. Oh no, that's how to lose friends and alienate people. You're talking about <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. That makes more sense. That's a completely different. I don't, don't even know if that's that's romantic. In, it might not qualify. I'm sure he's yeah, love interest. Maybe not. Anyway, Hudson, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, yeah, Donald Petrie directed this film in uh, 2003. This is about an advice columnist, Andy Anderson, played by Kate Hudson. She tries uh, pushing the boundaries of what she can write about in her new. About how to get a man to leave you in ten days. So it's sort of a what not to do in the dating game. Um, her editor Lana, played by BB Newworth, loves it, and Andy goes off to find a man she can use for the experiment. Enter executive Ben Berry, played by McConaughey, who is so confident in his romantic prowess that he thinks he can make any woman fall in love with him in ten days. When Andy and Ben meet, their plan backfires. Movie's great. Have you have you seen have you seen this movie? Not once. Really? Yeah. No. I I recommend it. this movie made me have a weird thing for Kate Hudson. Like she's just bonkers in it. Like her character is because she's doing everything that she can to try and get Matthew McConaughey's character to break up with her. She's nutty. She's zany. She's ditzy. She's she's basically an insane person. She's a goofball. Um, and I love it. It's 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 fantastic. Um, I mean, it's cliched. There's an incredible rendition duet of um, "You're So Vain." It's it's fantastic. I mean, you probably know how it ends. Of course, they get together. 
It's a it's a rom com. Spoilers. I told you I've seen it. <laughs> has any rom com ever ended not like that? I'm sure there's some examples. <laughs> <laughs> I was, there's got to be at least one, surely. Some rare examples. Um, yeah, like there's there's no surprises here, but it's just it's a fun ride. So yeah, for you, man, go check it out. I feel like this is our proper what people would refer to as being a chick flick. Yes, that's why I call this a chick flick. This is my ultimate chick yeah, flick. Yeah, there we go. It's 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 nothing but a chick flick. It's it's the rom com genre cranked up. It's it's oh man, love ferns. You might have heard the quote of like um oh, I can't remember what she calls it, but she names his well, his genitals. Gives it like <laughs> a I think it's like Princess Sophia or something huh? like that or Something, I don't know. It's, it, she gives it a feminine name and he's very offended. I don't know. It's good, it's good times, man. Love ferns. A love fern I mean, dies and she's very sad. She makes a, a family album of what their kids are going to look like. It's crazy. She's that nuts. was the decade, wasn't it? Where Matthew McConaughey was doing all these types of movies. Yeah. Failure to launch. And ghosts or... or Something past or other ghosts Ghost of girlfriend past, yeah. That's the one. And he was the go-to guy. He was in all those Fool's Gold, Sahara, which was more action adventure. But he seemed to be this was the time when he was making all these types of movies before he did everything else. Like true detective and turned it all around for himself. This, this is the best. This is him and his people. Okay, okay, okay. I, I think he would disagree, <laughs> but okay. I mean, subjective opinions, but uh, yes, I'm not wrong. <laughs> so my my number three, interestingly, also about a young girl named Andy. I'm going back to 1986. This is a film I was worried about after turning off She's All That after watching the first 10 minutes. I'm talking about Pretty in Pink, which is also where we've got the shade of pink for our temporary logo yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. If you're unfamiliar, Pretty in Pink, it was directed by Howard Dutch and written by John Hughes, who also served as co-executive producer. It stars Molly Ringwald, Harry Dean Stanton, John Cryer, Annie Potts, James Spader, and Andrew McCarthy. Mentioned Andy previously, played by Molly Ringwald. She is a young girl, She's not popular at school. She mostly kept her friend Lona and childhood sweetheart Ducky. But what happens when one of the popular guys at school falls in love with her? This is classic John Hughes. Now, he didn't direct this movie, but he was busy in the 80s. He was, he was working a hell of a lot. But this movie still holds up really well. It does a good job of capturing the 80s. Some people don't necessarily think it gives the right message that it's having Andy change to be accepted, where I don't necessarily personally think that is is happening. But there's, there's an edge to this movie, and it's something I didn't get from She's All That. There's no edge to that movie. It's just a generic 90s movie. And there's, there's going to be some people that still like it, and that's fine. But going back to Pretty in Pink, I was worried that it was going to be a little bland, like that other movie I will stop mentioning. But Pretty in Pink, yeah, it's got 
you know, she is she's in love with this guy. She's got the awkward best friend, John Cryer as Ducky. I think he's a lot like Vegemite or Marmite. You either love him or hate him. I think he'll be very irritable to some. But we're getting such a solid performance from Ringworld. And yes, there's all the drama around McCarthy's character. But for me, what really struck a chord this time around was the scenes between Andy and her dad. Now, this is a family where the, the wife walked out on the family. And there's so many tense and well-acted scenes between father-daughter. This is a solid movie, and it's the 80s. It has a solid, solid soundtrack, including the title track, Pretty in Pink. I think it was by the Psychedelic Furs. It's a great film, a great watch. And I was worried after all these years, it wouldn't hold up, but it certainly does. Looking at how we... Um, performed on Rotten Tomatoes 75% box office a lot less than the first two movies that I've talked about but again this is a movie that came out in 86 40.5 million at the box office so for a movie of this scale this type of movie it was a success at the box office so there you go pretty in pink I'm so glad you put this on your list I wanted to include I wanted to go back and try and find one of those classic John Hughes Rat Pack or Brat Pack, I should say. Sorry, Brat Pack uh, films. Rat Pack's a different thing. That's something different, yeah. Um, and my go-to would have been Pretty in Pink. I decided I had other options, so I, I stayed away from it. But it would have been, yeah, like you nailed it. it it's like the epitome of, of the 80s, I guess, like the 80s romance i i guess like rom-coms if, if put it in that category um you know the it's it's one of those things where like people it's that dynamic um of relationships and it's like are you the friend who's in love with that girl who has no interest in you are you friend zoned are you the ducky or are you the the blaine blaine is that the other main character yes the McCarthy yeah, character like, yeah are you the ducky or are you the blaine um in it. And yeah, how the movie ends where, you know, like she doesn't, you know, like the, the friend doesn't ultimately win. I mean, like whatever message you take from that, it's sort of like just because you love someone or want to, you know, like you have this foundation doesn't mean that person's going to feel the same way. So you can interpret it in, in different ways, but the message is what it is. I mean, the end yeah. of the classic the, film, yes. classic film. It is. There's a lot going on. Like there's, there's the, the haves and the have-nots. It's about class as well. It's just like John Hughes. I mean, he's a guy that he must have been born in, I don't know, say the 50s. Must have been. But he somehow had this ability to channel the youth of the 80s. And just, you know, whether we're talking 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, whatever he was doing, like he was able to give people a voice. Now I mentioned this film came out in 86. I was born in 84. So this is not a movie that appealed to me at the time it came out because I was two, but it's a movie I've seen come <laughs> back and enjoyed. I'm a fan of the eighties and all of that. So there's always been so much for me to enjoy in this movie, but I'm just so glad that upon this rewatch, it really, really does hold up. And I've got to be honest, if not for doing this special, 
I probably wouldn't have gone back and watched it this year. In fact, I wouldn't have watched it this year. And maybe I'd have had no immediate plans to go back. But I'm so glad that I did, because this is a, it's a good movie. Yeah, no, it's really good. And um, I think uh, a short time before all the pandemic stuff hit, when we could go to the cinemas and all that, um, there was a special screening of Pretty in Pink. Probably so third anniversary. Uh, I don't know. And um, yeah, me and the wife went and revisited it there and oh did you really yeah. see i've never yeah. seen it at the cinema wow that's so that's cool i love seeing these old these old movies like on the big screen it's like being there in the in the time and yeah it's just just as good man just as good on the big screen all right my next one that i've got here um i was i'm even hiring with this one because i was like at, at the core there's a relationship in this film um but then by the end of the movie it's sort of the themes of the movie is more about life and family and, you know, all that good stuff. But a good chunk of it is the romance and finding love. So I was like, no, nah, it still counts. I'm going with About Time. Richard Curtis, 2013. Um, it's a, basically a rom-com with time travel in it. And then it turns into a movie about much heavier stuff. A British film as well, which Richard Curtis, so you get that. If you're unfamiliar, let me tell you what it's about. When Tim Lake, played by Domhnall Gleeson, is 21, his father, played by Bill Nye, tells him a secret. The men in their family can travel through time. Although he can't change history, Tim resolves to improve his life by getting a girlfriend. He meets Mary, played by Rachel McAdams, falls in love and finally wins her heart via time travel and a little cunning. However, as his unusual life progresses, Tim finds his special ability can't shield him and those he loves from the problems of ordinary life. Have you seen About Time? I have, as recent as last year. And we should really talk about, I mean, this essentially, like you said, it is a romantic movie and that's what it's about. But you've also mentioned time travel, which is very much a part of this movie. And I've got to say, it is one of the cheapest ways to portray time travel travel in a movie that I've ever seen. Essentially, the character needs to go to a darkened room, clench his <laughs> fists, and time travel. That's how he does yeah, it. So no, you know this bang, special effects. I, I, I get it. It's not about the time travel. It's a device. It's a love story. And it's a bloody tragic story because there's, there's, there's a catch. It's not just being able to just go back and forward. Like you miss moments, miss parts of your life. This is a great movie. And it's good to hear that one of us actually have a Richard Curtis movie within (laughs) our top five, because we've mentioned him a couple of times already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like you said, you know, like there's rules, there's rules to the time travel, you know, you can only go back within your own lifespan. Um, And then as you know, a lot of it's played for, for the comedy, especially when it's, you know, um, Tim, like, trying to win over Mary. You know, like, at first he, he manages to do it without any time travel, but then loses the number because he ends up helping um, his friend's career. Has to somehow do it again, uses the time travel, you go back and forth, corrects all his little mistakes. It's, it's very, all the humorous stuff there. But then the movie evolves and it becomes, you know, like, the things... As he has children, he learns that he can't go back further than when his child was conceived because 
the sperm is that unique that it changes everything if he does so. So it becomes his time travel window is shorter. Things like his father's passing, he eventually can't go back and visit him and have chats with him and stuff like that. There's, there's stuff with his sister. There's so much about, he talks about, you know, like cherishing every day and, you know, just taking the moment. It's like, I was actually, I rewatched this for, for this thing, uh, podcast and, and stuff. And I just didn't remember how much of the, the heavy stuff was at the, mm. the back end of the movie. Yeah. And then when it started evolving into that, I was like, and I think also like, you know, myself becoming like a dad and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, man, it was, I was getting, I was a little bitch watching this movie. I'll, I'll tell you. Changes everything. Having kids yeah, yourself, it changes like, everything. I was feeling all the feels. Um, yeah. But yeah. Like I liked the, the, I actually thought I had like a false memory of, um, Rachel McAdams' character finding out and like screaming at him, and and then that's not in the movie. And I was like, was there like a deleted scene or something? That, or did I just make something up? Was I thinking of a different time travel movie with Rachel McAdams? There is another one out there. Um, is that the time traveler's wife? Is she? Yeah, and, yeah, she is. Yeah, with Eric maybe Banner. it's that. And I was like, maybe I'm thinking of that movie. But um, anyway, whatever. So yeah, like I, I felt like I was watching it for the first time again. So I'm glad I did a rewatch. <laughs> But yeah, good good times. So it took a turn, haven't we? Because you know we mostly talked about comedies, and you know Pretty in Pink is a comedy, and well, I mean this this still is a comedy. It, it's it I is mean, it's pretty funny. It, it yes, a lot of, I mean it's Richard Curtis, like it's to be expected at this point. But it does take a turn and get quite dark, like the end of Click. You know the Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, with uh, with Henry Close, his dad. That's uh, that gets pretty that dark gets, and tragic. That one gets really dark, but that's. But it's not struggle with, with, but it, it goes dark. So that's where the comparison <laughs> ends. My um, my number two, it also, it's quite tragic, really. And I went back and forth on this and I added it to my list. And then I changed my mind. I thought, you know what? I'm going to stick to my convictions. And for the first time in over 15 years, maybe 20 years, I rewatched Ghost. Patrick Swayze. Oh, wow. <laughs> Demi Moore. And of course, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi. <laughs> That's the one. Remember when we did our disaster special? And I was talking about disaster movies, you know, Dante's Pig, Twister. That's what we did. examples. Yes. But I also <laughs> chucked a curveball in there because I also included Airplane. And the reason why I'm bringing that up, because like Airplane, Ghost is directed by Jerry Zucker. That fact always blew my mind. That is the, pretty mental. The director of Airplane in Australia known as Flying High for whatever reason. Oh, we talked about the reason, actually. It's to do with a TV show. They thought Aussies would get confused. We discussed that already on the disaster special. But Ghost, 1990. The iconic scene. Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, making the clay bars or whatever, the, the music, all of it. Ten minutes in. I thought it happened later. Ten minutes into the two-hour movie. There you go. You get the iconic scene. Well, yeah, because he's, he's still alive, isn't he, when that's At happening? At that point, he is. So, yes, yeah, yeah. a tragic. This is a movie. You've got Sam and Molly who love each other. But their romance is short-lived when Sam is killed by a thug 
unable to tell Molly that her life is in danger, Sam's spirit takes a psychic's help in order to help her. And that psychic, played by Whoopi Goldberg, is bloody brilliant. Her character in the film is a fake, a charlatan. She makes a reference to like her mum and her grandmother or nana. They were legit, but she's a fake. But Sam is the first spirit she legitimately hears. Opens the floodgates. But I always liked that, like she was faking it until she wasn't. Apparently, original drafts of the film, she was always legit. But it was a producer at Paramount that suggested, hey, how about she fake it until she's not? Which I think is a better approach to it. And it well, works then, really well. Even for her character, then she's like, what is going on? Like, who's no, saying that? It, it yeah. plays <laughs> so well. Like they, they are so good in this together. And apparently it was um, Swayze that really pushed to have Whoopi Goldberg in this film, who ended up winning an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Which Did is she? pretty Yeah, which, which is All great. this movie. But this movie, it won two Academy Awards, Best Supporting Actress for Goldberg and Best Original Screenplay. So this movie was was huge. The effects are as much as they need to be. You've got the bright lights for heaven. You've got the shadows and the moaning for hell. And you've got the weird guy on the train. He's teaching Sam how to touch objects and... Ah, oh, you've got the murder mystery. Oh, man, I just want to just... isolate. I just want to isolate that audio. There's the weird guy on the train who's teaching him how to touch objects. I can't name check him, but he's there. He's got the weird eyes, <laughs> and he's like teaching him how to use anger and how to affect the objects around him. Because we did give a spoiler warning at the beginning, but I won't spoil it here. But there's there's a mystery that's happening. That again, it's been maybe 20 years since I'd seen it. As soon as I started watching the film. I, st- I realised, oh yeah, yeah this, he did it, he set it up, he's the one behind it all. But it's still, it's a good time. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 74%. Box Office, again, not just a, an Academy Award winning movie, this was a big deal. Like, up until this point, I mean, Dirty Dancing had happened, Roadhouse must have happened. So two Swayze movies. Demi Moore had been doing what she'd been doing. She was in Set Almost Fire and everything else. But when this movie came out in 1990, it catapulted Swayze and Moore to the top. Like these guys were huge on the back of this movie. At the box office, it took 505.7 million. Massive. And, and again, for from, that year as well. Yeah, like and again, an original screenplay. Here it yeah. is. Ghost. It's good, man. It's a good film. But but again, the reason it's I'm been, saying that it's is been because many years. Yes, and that's why I'm saying that yeah. because I surprised myself with it. I thought I'd include it because you again you've you've got that iconic scene. So I was like, I'll include it just to you know, have a bit of a rewatch and talk about it. And then I almost talked myself out of it. And I was gonna I was gonna put something else in. I contemplated chasing Amy, the Kevin Smith movie with Ben Affleck and Joey. Lauren Adams, but I thought, no, yeah. I'll stick with Ghost just because it's adding something a little bit different, you know, from Hitch to their Something About Mary, Pretty in Pink, back to the 80s, and then 1990, Ghost. As a bonus, though, we should just tell everyone, if you haven't watched Chasing Amy, watch it. Oh, it's excellent. And if oh, you watch so it good. and enjoy it, just do the rest. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> or just fast forward to Jay's Silent Bob reboot. Is it, the is sequel it, to Chasing Amy. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, yeah. One of the best parts of that movie. But anyway, yeah, Chasing Amy. Check it out. Ben Affleck is in love with a lesbian. It's all but you need to know. Ghosts. But also ghosts. There's no ghosts in... Oh, this, yes. Ghosts. Yes, watch ghosts. Ghosts. Yes. ghosts. My actual pick. Okay. Um, for my next one, you know... I mentioned on those ensemble movies with the big casts, and I said Love Actually was like one of the only good ones out there. I've got another one that I enjoy, and I admit this movie isn't great, um, but it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and I like it. It seems to be one of the better ensemble cast movie kind of thingies that isn't Love Actually. He's just not that into you. 2009, directed by some guy named Ken Kuapis. <laughs> Never heard of him before. No. Sure, he's done great things. He's done this movie. I'm, like I said, guilty pleasure. I'm in no way endorsing this movie and saying it's fantastic. I just enjoyed it. Okay. Do you know what? I, <laughs> I have seen this movie, but can I be honest with you? I couldn't tell you what it's about or who's in it. Well, let me tell you what it's about and also who's in it. Um, oh, this is really long. I'll, I'll read it quick. Baltimore-based friends and lovers, all in their 20s and 30s, try to navigate their way through the complexities of modern relationships. We've got Gigi, played by Jennifer Goodwin, a common thread amongst the characters. Um, she's followed more closely than the other eight people um, and has a more developed storyline as she consistently misreads all of her romantic partner's behaviours. She meets Alex, played by Justin Long, who helps her to interpret signs given to her by her dates. Um, we've got Jennifer Aniston, who wants to commit, who wants commitment from Ben Affleck, who sees nothing wrong with the status quo. Uh, we've got Drew Barrymore, has a slew of supportive male friends, none of whom are straight. Um, Jennifer Connolly has trust issues with Bradley Cooper, who can't trust himself around Scarlett Johansson. That's basically the movie. Whole lot of stuff happening. It's 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 fun. Sounds busy. There's a lot going on there. Oh yeah, it is. It's it's a two-hour ordeal. Um, you know, if it was just one individual story, they'll be like they'd be like twenty-minute little segments. <laughs> um, but this is based on like some like self-help book. I'm assuming of, of the same title, um, and it's sort of presented in a way like there's little segments. It kind of breaks it up as in like you know, if he's not calling you back, if he's not sleeping with you, if he's uh, doing something else whatever and it kind of goes through little bits like that and i don't know it's fun it's cute i enjoy it um i found myself i guess the when was it 2009 so i was like at the peak of my teens i guess relating more to the the main female character which is a weird thing to do for a boy a teenage boy but like reversing the genders so it's like every girl i would sort of be into or whatever it was like she's not that into me i get it it's all good that's fine so I was the lead character, the lead female character in this movie. And I just cool. wanted Justin Long to love me. <laughs> they want more of an insight into you. I should watch this movie. <laughs> uh, you know, it's good fun. It's good fun. There's just a lot going on. Heaps of stars in it. You know, it's fun. That's all I've got to say about it. Okay, good. My 
my number one, like these again, like this is like this is my definitive number one. So the other four that I've made up my five, the ones that I chose to rewatch for the podcast. I just need to say three words and then we could just move on to your number one. And those three words are the wedding singer. Ah, we've done it already. We've done it already. Ah. I, and just in case you were wondering beforehand, that's how I just happened to know what it scored in Rotten Tomatoes. Right, how much it made at the box office is because I had it part of my my prep. This now movie... I thought we got through one of these specials without <laughs> a double up. I was like, we've yeah, no nah, man, we've uh, we've done it. This this movie, I I love it. Like, I really do. Like it is a solid movie. You've said it. Like when you were talking about the movie, like Adam Sandler, he does this so well. Like he plays so well in romantic comedies. Like you know, it can be loud and angry in Happy Gilmore, but it can also be quieter and just play this, just this guy that's going through something. Whether it's Wedding Singer, uh, Big Daddy is another great example. Fifty First Dates. He plays this character so well. And I remember like, th- this was a big thing when it came out in high school. So back in 99, Adam Sandler, new movie, Wedding Singer, and watched it and just thought it was fantastic. And it's a movie for me that's just aged really well. So it's gone from watching it as a teen to watching it as an adult with a wife and kids, and it still plays very well. And I'll leave it at that because I said I was literally just going to give you three words and I'll give it way more. <laughs> but Wedding Singer is is my number one. And you know what? I didn't even need to think about it straight away. Yeah, I think, you know how I said at the, at the top of this, of this episode, I was like, I found it to be a bit of a struggle to sort of pick. I had like my two definitive, the one I'm about to talk about and The Wedding Singer. I was like, I know they're locked in. What are the other three? Yeah. And then, oh, I liked uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Okay, I had my three picked and then I was like the other two. <laughs> uh, definitive. But yeah, of course, I mean, we've both, we both landed on The Wedding Singer as uh, being up there. So that's, that speaks louder than words. And I guess, yeah, that's why we had our weddings had a, well, at least you almost did. <laughs> oh, man, regretting it. But you're right, 10 year anniversary. It will happen. All right, so my last recommend. Now, a while ago, I think I was talking to Rob, my Rewind and Review co-host. Um, he was trying to get out of me what my top like five movies were. And along the way, as I eventually uncover different things, I mean, we know my number one is Jurassic Park. I can't remember what I had, number two, number three, um, but they're up there. They always switch around. Um, then there was, within my top five, there was one missing because he had the four and he was like, what's your five? And I was like, I'll reveal it in all due time. I'm about to do that. This movie is, I don't know if it's at number five. It's within my top five of, it's not number one, but it's um, its within my top five Mate, of all-time I, movies. I'm on the edge of my seat here. What's, what yeah, is it? That's <laughs> 500 Days of Summer. Whoa. Mark this movie. Webb. That guy. Mark Webb. Yeah. The, the, the man who would go on to direct Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man yeah. 2. Ouch. This movie is a, is incredible. It's it's sat at the top of my list of all time favorite movies, which I think is such a weird, unique thing for it to to be at. But um, it's sat there and it's never it's never gone down. What the movie does is dissect, I guess, like 
everything we've talked about today, like the um, the romantic movie genre, that whole the whole idea of of the love story, I guess. I mean, the movie starts with the fact that this isn't a love story. It's a story about boy meets girl. Um, and that's exactly what it is. Let me tell you a little bit about it before I get into more of it. We've got Tom, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, a greeting card writer and hopeless romantic. He is caught completely off guard when his girlfriend, Summer, played by Zoe Destinel, suddenly dumps him. He reflects on their 500 days together, to try to figure out where their love affair went sour. And in doing so, Tom rediscovers his true passions in life. The narrative structure of this movie is, is completely effed up. It's all over the place. It's mental, but somehow it's still a cohesive story. It blows my mind every time I watch it, that I can actually follow it. Um, you've seen this movie, right? I have, yeah. Oh, good. I was going to say, otherwise it'd be a really awkward ah, I've, I've seen it, but other than... Joseph Gordon love it. I forgot about Zoe Deschanel. I forgot everything about it, but I have seen it. Yeah, I mean, good, good. Yeah. I, I don't. I've got um, nothing more to add. I, I mean, I've watched it. I may <laughs> even watch it on a plane, but I've definitely seen it. Maybe, so maybe I didn't watch, watch it again. Um, one of the best scenes in this movie that I think like just blew my mind is like the there's a scene where he where Tom goes to, to meet Summer at like, like a rooftop party thing that she's invited him to. Um, and there's two parallel sort of, uh, sort of scenes playing over each other, like side by side. And it's his expectations, which is like he gets there and he's talking to her and they're having a laugh and then the party winds down and then, you know, like it's just them two and they sort of hook up and it's all wonderful. And then in reality he gets there and it's a little bit awkward and then he's not talking to anyone and, and then it's just like conversations sort of fizzle and nothing's really happening. And then she's off with some other guy and stuff. And I was just like, things like that. The music in the movie is, is incredible. Mark Webb has a good flavor for, for music, I guess was his pick. Um, I guess you look at, you look at amazing Spider-Man and sort of what he did there, the best parts of those movies, including the second one were the dynamic and the relationship between Peter Parker character and Gwen Stacy. They were the highlights. I mean, all credit to Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, but um, I think Mark Webb had a good hand in that. And I think it's, it's what he was doing in this. And I just don't think he's been able to shine as much as he, I think he peaked with this movie, unfortunately, because I'm sure he has more stuff to come, but um, I'd like to see him again. I think that's all I need to say about this movie. Yeah. I bloody love it. It's I really may, good. Um, I may need to revisit it, but my, my big takeaway is you somehow managed to turn our Valentine's Day special into an opportunity <laughs> to just talk about Spider-Man, essentially. And it was an accident. It was an accident. But, uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say I was going to take this podcast as a, as a moment to, and make an announcement about one of my top fives. <laughs> that as well, but you still and made it about Spider-Man. But yes, yeah, you also took our Valentine's special as an opportunity to talk about another co-host, but that's okay. I won't hold that against you. <laughs> hey, Rob, hey. if you're listening. <laughs> it's, it's just about me and you here. It's just, it's just you and me, man. Back to me and you. you okay. You complete me on that film stream. You had me at hello. We've done that. Mm. We've done that already. We've done that joke already. That was a thing that happened a long time ago.
it got weird. <laughs> it could have got weirder. Two blokes talking about Valentine's Day, romantic movies. I think all things considered, we did okay. We, we did do through. okay. I think we did. So I guess on that, that's it for our Valentine's Day special. And that's it for our 270th episode. It's not even a landmark number. It's just, it's a, it's a hey, 10 mate, number. It's an effort though, isn't it? It's, yeah, it is. I'm just happy that it's landed on a solid number. What are we doing for 300? We have there? to start, we have to start making plans. We can take that off air if you like. We don't have to uh, subject okay. people to, to that conversation. <laughs> Crystallise what we're going to do. Whilst we discuss that, you guys, please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you fund the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. Be sure to also check out our website, thatfilmstudiopodcast.com. As we progress through 2021 and the world continues to put itself back together, it becomes more important than ever that we need to laugh, we need to cry, and it becomes all the more true that all we need is love. Or at least movies about love. Happy Valentine's Day. That wasn't to you, that was a genuine <laughs> well, no, statement. I, yeah, okay, cool. Yep. Unless you want me to say it to you. Anyway. Moving on. Um, yeah, spoil that special someone or do something wonderful for yourself. Whatever. Um, you've been listening to Jason and Luke, the platonic straight guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.